You're listening to the Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality, His hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh and I am co-founder of the Union where we value truth, hope, and destiny. And uh, if you're new to this podcast, this is just one of the ways that we uh, desire to help people discover the truth of God's design for sexuality, marriage, and relationships, uh, to help people discover the hope of restoration from negative experience in all those areas, and also to discover our uh, destiny that we have in Jesus. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe that you're not going to regret it. Uh, Today we are talking about the topic of singleness. I know it's kind of scary to talk about this subject at times. It can be really uh, connected to a lot of uh, who we are emotionally and relationally. Uh, But I really believe you're going to be refreshed uh, by this podcast today. We have some great friends, Sean and Carrie Harvey. Um, They're going to have some great insights. It's just going to give you some perspective uh, on singleness, their own journey, their own process, and uh, you're not going to regret it. So thanks so much for tuning in today. All right, so we're here with Sean and Carrie Harvey, and today we're talking about the topic of singleness. This is going to be fun. I think you guys are going to enjoy this. Yeah, we definitely, we wanted them as guests for this podcast episode because we know they have some insights that are going to really encourage you and strengthen you and probably challenge you, and that's what we want to do. So Sean and Carrie, one one of the things that we do here on the podcast is we like to ask a random question, just an on the spot random question. And you're, yeah, you're like, this was not in the notes you sent. <laughs> and that's why we do this. So I'm going to go first. Uh, Sean, what is, what, I guess I didn't really think of this either. So this is like on the spot for me and on the spot for you. So this is what makes it so great. Fair is fair. Fair is fair. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, nice one. And why? <laughs> oh, man. They go personal right away. Like on the spot um, questions, unprepared on the, on the spot questions or what? Biggest pet peeve? Um, I'm going to go with the first one that came to mind, which is uh, food left on the plates um, and then put in the sink and that's gotten wet while it's been sitting in the sink. (laughs) My goodness. Biggest pet peeve right there. You know, man, this is like counseling for me because I feel like you just put words to some of the, oh, this has been good. This has been good. Or, okay, I'm also going to say when the food gets stuck in that drain holder and then you have to like, oh my goodness, you know. The water doesn't go down that. anymore. It's like the soggy toast on the plate Ooh. that's been put in the water. And it's like, yes. why? We ha- we have food disposal. Like, yeah. use, use the – scrape it first, please. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Reason, that's a reasonable that's one. Okay, awesome. Carrie, question for you. Um, what was a job that you wanted to have when you grew up? When you were a little girl and you would say to yourself, when I grow up, I want to be – You know, when I was little, I remember how little I was. I remember being probably five Mm -hmm. and I would make up commercial jingles, uh, like to sell soap or tuna fish or Or tuna fish. Wow. I was like a mermaid. There was like a chicken of the sea 
tuna fish mm-hmm. and uh, I pretended that I was a mermaid and I was like selling and holding the thing just so and I was I would like take my mom's perfume off her shelves and, and look in the mirror and pretend to sell it so I think I always wanted to like write commercial jingles wow. I don't think I've ever said that out loud before guys yeah. thanks for sharing that See, with this us this is yeah. why we do this <laughs> it's, like, it's still out in front of me you know there's still there could be a chance there yeah. You, yeah, you're a creative woman. I can see yeah. that happening. So, so sorry. This would be like TV. This obviously wouldn't be like radio voice because, like, you you've got a radio voice. You could do that for sure. But were you planning to be on TV? Well, you know, honestly, if I could have my dream grown up job, I'd be a Disney voice. Yes. So, but as I get oh, older, sure. you know, you can't play like the young princess when you get older. So I'd have to be like the villain or like, you know, <laughs> Ursula. I'm moving into no. Ursula territory now. Yeah. I have a feeling main... that wouldn't be very convincing, Carrie, that you no, would be the. I, the yeah, I'd have to figure something else the out. The evildoer. Yeah. Carrie Harvey, the evildoer. <laughs> sure. All right. So, okay. All right. So moving on from the questions, thank you for those yeah, that's great. candid answers. So, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your family. Um, how long you guys been married, all those different dynamics, those great pieces of info. Well, we've, um, been married as of, well, by the time this podcast is out, it will be 15 years. Come on. Um, tomorrow is our anniversary. You guys. So, happy anniversary. Yeah. yeah happy yeah. anniversary. Thank, Thank you. you. So we've, um, uh, we've got four kids, uh, ages nine, eight and six and six. Wow. So girl, girl, boy, boy. And, um, it's, uh, four kids in 33 months. Um, the cool thing is we also, um, uh, Carrie and I work together and do a discipleship program in our church, leadership development, and get to work with young adults from 18 to 25 years old. And, uh, Carrie has been doing that now for 21 years. So wow. amazing. Yes. And I, amazing. I kind of married into it. Yeah. Lucky. And I'm, and I'm kind of indebted to you guys because Bonnie went through right. that leadership development program. So yeah, you, she I'm was a real tricky guys. student, you know. So hey, come I on know. now. We had a lot of we had a lot of work there. Yeah, <laughs> she actually kind of came the way she is now. I don't think she's changed very much. She's gotten better. <laughs> she's kind of awesome. been sweet the whole time. Yeah. She just keeps getting sweeter. I don't know how that happens. Oh, well, awesome. thank you. That's kind to say. Um, one of the reasons we. Even we wanted to ask you to be a part of this episode all around the topic of singleness is because um, you've been working with young single people for a very long time. And I think you have a lot of insight and you've maybe the the issues of the heart and then ways um, that these young people are preparing for the future. And so we wanted to kind of just pick your brain on the topic and then also your own personal stories. Of course, you guys also went through your own journey. Um, so something that as we were looking at this topic of singleness, we came across a statistic that said that 61% of the population of our churches are 61% of the under 35s in our churches are single. Mm-hmm. And so this wow. demographic of single people is definitely not, um, it's not a rarity anymore. And um, in, in some ways though, I don't know that we speak to the single people and their stage of life mm-hmm. enough for them to feel like they're visible or supported. So we wanted to do this podcast just as a way of, um, yeah, just, uh, supporting them in that stage. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 
That's really important. Thanks for letting us do this, you guys. It's really fun for us, too. I think that that season, I was 33 when I got married, and so that Mm -hmm. season is, uh, even though it feels like a long time ago now, that was a big portion of my life. So I I remember those years very clearly. Yeah, totally. Well, I think we'd love to hear some of your story. What were some of the things like, you know... um, Yeah, what were some of the highlights or some of the challenges for you, Carrie, as you waited and prepared and were a single woman? Yeah. Well, I was, I'll just kind of back right up. I was born in Texas, in Houston, Texas, and then I moved to New Mexico, then Colorado, then Washington, and I got my degree in classical voice there. Maybe that's where the Disney, the dream began to unfold. Uh, And you know, all the way through, the Lord really got a hold of my life when I was in my last year of high school. And mm-hmm. I really made, I kind of dated off and on, but not a lot. And I just really made a commitment at that point, kind of the summer after my last year of high school, that I wasn't going to date again. And then until I knew that this would be somebody that I'd want to marry. Nice. And then I got involved in a discipleship program, master's commission at the time in Spokane, Washington. And then that was a no dating policy system for the first year at least. And then I'd actually gotten into a relationship right after that. And that was a pretty incredible ride. And I really thought that was going to go on to marriage that ended Mm. up not happening. Some pretty catastrophic things happened in his life that made that end. And then, uh, so it took me a while to repair from that. And then in the middle of that, I got invited to move to Canada and help them start their program here. And so I've been doing that ever since. And Sean came along 15 years ago, and that is a whole story in and of itself. But uh, I think the cool thing about that part of the relationship. And I can say some things even from that season when I first moved here, I was 27. And so I was already feeling like I was one of the older girls and still not married. And uh, a really wise man was praying for me. And he just said, this is the season that you can invest your life in a mighty way in the kingdom of God. And, Mm. and he just really encouraged me. He said, put your hand to the plow in this season of your life and give yourself. And I remember it word for word because I thought that's such a good encouragement to just get invest your life in a mighty way into the kingdom. So I just really started to do that. But unfortunately, as that started to happen, the way that the, you know, the enemy works is he begins to tell you, tell, told me anyway, that, you know, well, you're, you're strong willed, you're a strong woman. No man's going to want to take you on. You're too much. And uh, so I was pretty overwhelmed with that whole idea that I was going to be single because I was a leader and I, Kind of, I I don't know. I guess I think I think I kind of pictured that men wanted women that were like shy and quiet and like to make right. pies, and <laughs> <laughs> like they were just good at that. Which I think that certainly there's a place for that, and there, but that's just a different personality than mine. Sure. And you know, if they're a strong personality for a man, they may not want a strong personality for a woman as well. And so I, I was pretty intimidated and pretty caught up in that whole mindset. And then when Sean came along, uh, the first question that I asked him, because I'm like really romantic like this, he, we, we decided, okay, we're going to start dating. And the first question, like three seconds into the relationship, I said, do I intimidate you? And he said, well, spiritually, you're a hard act to follow, but I think I can take you on. And Uh. he said, 
this was the important line as he just said, nothing about you takes away anything from who I am. And that line really <laughs> like, I thought, Oh, oh yeah. Okay. I think this guy's going to really, that, that ship will sail. I think we can build with that. So that's really good. that was kind that's of the amazing. beginning. And I think at that point I knew this is going somewhere. And, oh, totally. and then shortly after that we were married. <laughs> so yeah. that turned out really well for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause you guys had known each other a little bit. Um, before you started that relationship, like you'd been in the yeah. same sphere and community, right? And so you had been yeah. able to observe each other's character and get to know each other as friends. Yeah. And then, and then it was it, yeah quickly and, progressing and after that. As only God can, Sean was completely hidden in plain sight. I just had no wow. idea. Like he was just, you know, I think I had a different kind of a person in mind. Mm. So I just didn't really even consider a computer guy that was kind of quiet. Just sure. didn't even cross my mind. And then all of a sudden God just, as only God can, he kind of shot him from the background to the foreground. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why didn't I even think of this before? And and then when that clicked, then it was just a matter of time. Wow. And I won. I tell you what, I won. The, the whole game, I I won. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I'm sure Sean would say the same, wouldn't he? That he won. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is, um, what she's missing over or breezing over on that is two years before that all happened, I had come through the program. And right. so I was discipled. I was trained up. And then I came in, became part-time on staff. And so then she was my boss for a while there too. And so, and then I would come and actually talk to Carrie about different girls that I liked yeah, and, um, or <laughs> car purchases wow. that I was looking at making. And maybe you should go with the Ford or it'd be more of a family car. Okay. I'll do that instead. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, she helped me pick out my car before we were even, before it was even a thought that, yeah. that it wow. could be between the two of us. Wow. That's like some prophetic significance there. Like yeah. I just have a feeling like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. By the red Jetta. Yeah. When in doubt, by the red Jetta. That's, yeah. the, that's the most important takeaway for the day. <laughs> oh man. So Carrie, just to just kind of talk about that. Like what was that season like for you? You know, like here's a young man, you know, like, I guess like, did you see any, was there any sort of drawing at that point where it's like, he's coming in and he's talking to you and bouncing all these questions off of you and stuff like that. Was there any sort of like, wow, I think, I think there's some qualities here. Like when did that all shift? Like, well, honestly, if it doesn't sound too ethereal, no, it did, never crossed my mind. And even like one of my leaders at the time, she was like that Sean Harvey, he is going to make somebody a great wife. And I remember saying, yeah, boy, he is. He's great. Never even crossed my mind. That We're going to need you to redo me. that one. You said Sean's going to make a great wife. I mean, a husband. He's going to yeah. make a great husband. <laughs> to be clear, she did make an apple pie today. So. I did make Whoa. an apple pie. Yeah. Um, wow. So I, this girl's got it. So, so, yeah. so strong and makes apple pie. Yeah. <laughs> Best Seriously. of both worlds right there. Yeah, come so, on. Um, well, but with Sean, I just, I honestly, I just never even considered it. And then one day I was out for a drive and I had borrowed his car because we really were just good friends. These are the things I admired about him. Uh, and as a friend, I really thought, and in, like I look back on it now, and of course you can look back and you see so many things differently, but sure. the things I really admired is he was a really hard worker. Like whenever we needed help with anything, me or any of the girls, we knew if we asked Sean, he would help. And mm. 
if we, he was, he was safe. He was a guy that all the girls felt like they could talk to without it being weird. And, uh, and also he was just really like, I would notice at parties and things like that when we all get together, he would always find one person, probably one of the newer people. And he would just really connect with them and have like a deeper conversation and help them Mm. to feel welcome. And long before it was even an idea that I would be involved with him, dating wise or married. I just always thought that's such a cool quality. So then one day I was out for a drive, I was borrowing Sean's car and it does sound kind of mystical. And so I don't want anybody to think that this is going to be my experience, but in my heart, I just really felt like the Lord said, Sean Harvey, if you see what I see, you can have him. And I, I nearly drove off the road because I was driving his car and I was like, what? Wait, what? And it just, I think at that (laughs) moment, that was kind of like a light went off in my head and I thought, and I had to really wrap my mind around it. Cause I, and I think, you know, sometimes when you're in that season, you have in your mind, you know, everybody, I don't know if everybody did this, but people kind of make a list of what they, they want, you know, and as you get older, sometimes that list changes a little bit, becomes a little bit more character driven maybe than other things. But I just, it just personality wise, who he was that I knew didn't really line up with what I thought I needed. And I, I think I needed God to kind of take my face and turn it and say, just think about this, you know? And so then when I did, then it was like all those other pieces just shot off like fireworks. I saw like, oh yeah, he always is talking to new people. He's so friendly. He's a really natural conversationalist. He makes me feel really comfortable. I I feel like there's really nothing I could say that would make him kind of um, reject me. never makes me feel awkward, which is a big deal for me. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) And, and I just, he just got such a heart to honor and all the men that I respected also respected him. And that was a big, big deal for me is that I really, you know, maybe to move more into kind of like thoughts for girls, when you're really thinking about a guy, you need to look at who respects him and who really in your circle knows him and Mm. says, yeah, green light. He's a good guy. And, and, I think you need to know that from other men. And I had that, like all of the guys in Sean's world really respected him. Even if they didn't understand him, they respected him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's so huge. And Sean, I would definitely want to get to hearing your story, but like, I think that that's such a, a huge part is the community aspect and the accountability aspect that as a single person that you, you are kind of letting your life be open to those around you and to the input of those around you and not being, Um, Because I think something we've talked about a lot is the danger of infatuation, Mm -hmm. that you just start to see somebody um, and you start to almost superimpose a false sense of reality over top of them. And the weak parts of their areas and their character and the consistency of their life start to get blurred out. Mm -hmm. And all you see is these, you know, these positive attributes. But I think that's what's so key is to have that community around there where people aren't, aren't blinded by the same things. And, mm-hmm. you know, where there's, um, it's a little bit more sense of reality there. I think that's so huge. That's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the words that we would use now are you need to keep walk away power. Uh, wow. Because that that's infatuation really and nobody likes to hear that when you're in that infatuation no, stage, you you're, you're no like, way. you need to win it. You can't even imagine that, that, that this isn't going to work out, but if you can keep one foot really firmly planted on the earth and yeah. keep the walk away power, 
not that you're not excited, but just to keep that factor, there's some tests that need to be passed, mm. you know, and, and those are going to be different for everybody. It doesn't have to be super complicated, but right. there are some tests that need to be passed to make sure that this is a go. Yeah. yeah. So sorry. That's so I think, good. Yeah. No, no, no. That's so good. That's such a good point. Yeah. I love those thoughts. So Sean, where, what's your story like? How did this all work out in your life and where did it all start with you? Well, um, I would say before I came through master's commission, um, I was a computer tech. I had been working in the computer industry and was uh, managing um, an internet dial-up company. Um, then um, I came through the program and really loved being a part of discipleship and mentoring people. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see an opportunity to really get involved with that, so I went straight back into computers. Right. And uh, kept just, uh, you know, working on paying off my debt, working on um, just just being involved wherever I could be and and just just did what I could be faithful with being able to do. And through it all, I, I helped out with um, Master's Commission as much as I could. Mm-hmm. And and then, um, yeah, when Carrie was stuck in um, Canada, wasn't able to go home for thanks, um, Thanksgiving weekend, I said, well, I'll, I'll do some computer work from home. You can borrow my car for the day. Just go do your shopping and whatever else. And who knew that one moment like that was going to change the whole destiny of everything else. So now um, you do understand how many single men are now just going to open up their vehicles for, for a public <laughs> use. You know what I mean? Like, well, make like, sure they're clean first. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so note. Yeah. They'll read the fine print. Make sure it's clean. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think though, like when you're when you're asking the that those questions there, I I decided I wanted to be in a position where I could be safe for people, and right. you know I'd already liked um, somebody else and um, approached their dad and and you know got an okay to actually ask them out, mm-hmm. and then they just said you know I, I know you're safe but you're not for me um, type conversation and wow. and that was you know, devastating a year before that. And, um, and so I, 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 I just decided I was just going to wait and just see what was going to happen and, right. and just be faithful with what I could be faithful with in the moment. Wow. And yeah, I think community has been huge for us though. Like at that time, mm-hmm. um, at that time we had been both a part of life groups, um, in our church, we, there was a couple young adult groups that were happening at the time. Um, we, we were part of them and then we ended up leading one with another friend. So the three of, three of us were leading a, a life group with about, um, 12 other, um, oh, cool. people in it. And so that was really fun. And then from, you know, those were just opportunities that we had. So we were really engaged in our community more than just, um, um, just on a Sunday basis. And right. we really had a community around us at the time. And, and I think that played a huge role in keeping us grounded and keeping us in the loop of what was going on and even notice um, the needs that are around us. So sometimes when you get so far removed from community, it's like, why aren't they seeing me? It's like, well, if you're never around the people, how can they ever see you? Right. Right. (laughs) Wow. So it's like being able to be present and just be a part of a community was huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Sean, I have a question for you, kind of going back a bit to what you said there about the, you know, the other girl who said, you're really safe, but you're just not for me. And I know a phrase 
I hear people say now is um, the friend zone. You know, you kind of get, yeah, you're a nice guy, but you, dun, get, dun, dun. you get stuck yeah. in the friend zone. What would you say to guys who are maybe feeling like they've been friend zoned one too many times, one too many times, what, what would you recommend for them? Well, what's the alternative? Like, <laughs> So, so you, you become like the not safe guy. Like that doesn't sound like that. <laughs> just been Sean Harvey. Just like, yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Yes. that's how that conversation works. Yeah. That's so good. Like, okay. So it's like, um, if, I mean, what, what's the bigger compliment that you can get that you're safe, yes. that you're, that you're trusted to be around, that people see wow. you as safe. So if, if that's not what's right in that moment, then, I mean, what are you going to do? Go start becoming unsafe? Well, oh, I'll seriously. show you. Like, that, right. that's that's just not smart. No. Um, and so I, I, I'd i say, like, if, if it keeps if that keeps happening, then it's like you, you just need to wait and not. I think the worst thing you could do is start jumping from person to person. Um, and it's almost like uh, there's a little kid's book, the um, Are You My Mother, um, one where, <laughs> where, the, where the little bird keeps going yeah. to all the other things around trying to find right. its mother and right. trying to convince itself. It's like, are you my are you my future spouse? Are you my future spouse? Like, you yeah, know, like just calm down and, and, and wait a little while and just let things cool off. And then if you, if these are good friends that you've tried to do this with, if there's any feedback or anything else that other than, Oh, you're just a nice guy. If there's anything else that says, you know, that you're able to get, get, get feedback a bit of it. And then, but don't, but don't take it too personal at that moment too, because if it's, right. if it's not good, then why do you want to force making it work? Like I've watched, I've watched guys who are so stuck on one person and saying, this is the right person for me and she's not feeling it. And then it's like, well, that feels uh, abusive in that moment. Like really you're, sure, you're forcing yeah. yourself on that thing. So I, I think you, you got to just keep you just got to keep being the best version that you can possibly be mm-hmm. and trust and trust yeah. that the timing is going to work itself out. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so good. I really like Can that. I do a little shout out for the nice guys? For sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys, I just want to thank any guy that has said that or has felt like that. I just feel like I just want to like give you like a fist bump because I just feel like it's a, it's a tough place to be. Like, I don't, I don't want any guy to feel like you should, become a player because you just, you feel like all these other guys that can work a room are getting ahead. Like, and, and maybe I could just do an encouragement for the girls that there might be guys that are just outside of what you think is going to be great for you. And in that, like, I have a great little story about this. Some of our friends uh, that are, she's like a bonus mom to me. She, they have a legendary story in their family. They have four kids, two girls, two boys, and their girls were like, oh, mommy, when I get older, I want to marry someone just like daddy. And she says, oh, girls, daddy wasn't daddy when I married him. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like, you know, sometimes us girls, we, we think that guys should be something like our dads or like these, like, like you, Brian, or like Sean, or like that they have these qualities, but you weren't Brian when Bonnie married you, you know, I mean, you had a lot of great qualities, but you, you become that as you're believed in, you become that as you're respected, you become. So I think for the girls, just an encouragement, if you're single, Mm -hmm. shoot for the nice guys, like those are the guys that, that 
I think mm-hmm. are the gold mines because they're the ones that are going to treat you right. And they're the ones that are going like to respect that. you. And, you know, I mean, they may not be whatever image you think they're, you know, maybe they don't wear the right jeans or have the right cologne or whatever, but that can be like worked out. The yeah. nice <laughs> stuff, boy, they, you you can't make that stuff up. They're either That's are right. or they're. Yeah. Or they're not going to, you know, I mean, hopefully all of them as they grow in Christ are going to become that. But I think, yeah, I think sometimes we have in our minds and I was this. So I speak straight from my own experience. I had in my mind what I thought I wanted and I thought he needed to be a pastor and a leader and all these things. I did not know. And I say this respectfully. I was going to marry a computer geek that God would pull out of the, the fringe zone of our circle mm-hmm. our social group and draw him like right in and make him a pastor and make him a communicator and build him into this mm-hmm. incredible person all that was already there he just needed some room and some time to become that and yeah. i had the tremendous privilege of watching that unfold mm-hmm. so just a little shout out for the guys that are out there feeling like they're being ignored and an encouragement to the girls that Look for the seed form of all the things that you want him to be. Don't that. look for a full-grown tree. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and I would guys, say, and the guys need to hear that too, because it's like if they're thinking of like the girl in the ivory tower. I'm like, I'm sorry, but uh, the girls are uh, actively at work in the communities. They're actively engaged, and sometimes they don't. Maybe it's they they don't look needy enough, or they don't look like they're they're the they're, or I don't know what what it is they're not that good at they're, they're not good at flirting or they're or they can even be socially awkward or they're a little bit standoffish or they haven't had those moments and and then they get completely breezed by like there's a number of people that we watch and and they're such quality people but they're they don't hit the radars the way that they should hmm. of other people around them and and it's it's frustrating to watch because um, yeah. I think I think what it makes it look like, although I don't think it fully is this, and you'd have to talk to singles to find out for sure, is it seems like there's either sometimes either a body image or an occupation image or um, or a friend group or there's something that it's like they need to be this. And it's it becomes very much a, what, what um, uh, Les Carter calls mythical thinking. Uh, where there is the mythical thought of what you expect. And because you don't see that, you reject what uh, you reject reality that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And there's, mm. there's pieces in it. Like, I mean, what Carrie said there, I, there was no hope of me becoming a pastor by myself. Uh, there was wow. no hope of me changing a lot of things in my life had I not been married to Carrie. Um, so I would not be probably a pastor today if it wasn't married, if it wasn't for who I'm married to. Um, there's, so there's a bit of the person that I am today didn't, re- cannot exist without the opportunities that were put before us after we got married. Wow. That's so good. That's so good. It just brings in such a unique element. And I think probably the hardest part of this all is trust. You know what I mean? And, and I think like just even hear what you guys are saying and just kind of tying it to like when you were in those moments, like how did you guys deal with loneliness and how did you guys deal with like trusting really that, you know, it, okay, obviously like you didn't see Sean in that way until that, that, that moment, but like, 
what was it like before your before for you, Carrie, when you were, you know, like there was maybe nobody on the radar for you and going like, God, am I going to be alone for the rest of my life? You know, like how, what was that journey like for you? Yeah, it's such a good question. Uh, because there were days that I had lots of faith and I would say I was trusting. And then there were a lot of days that I cried really hard. Sure. Weddings were hard. Bridal showers were hard. Being a bridesmaid many times over. Those are I mean, you celebrate and you're happy and you need to find a celebration in your heart when somebody gets what you want. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's real value in that. That's another topic maybe for another day. But yeah. I think learning to celebrate your friends even when your heart is breaking is a really important yes. milestone mm-hmm. for yeah. all of us. And whether that's your marriage or babies or anything, you know, position, ministry, being noticed, however that works. But I think that that was probably, those were probably the days, like, I think it was kind of a constant bruise for me. Like I wanted to be married forever. I think that was just a big deal for me. I'm a very relational person. I love the idea of being a companion with somebody. I think I saw it as kind of the ultimate protection from rejection. When you're married, you're just kind of in this really safe cocoon of like a rejection free zone, which may or may not be true, but that was how I pictured it. Uh, And I think that in similar ways, like we were just talking about with the guys, Mm -hmm. um, is it like, what are the alternatives? I remember really clearly, I was really deep into it. I was already in my 30s and, you know, I was kind of moving into that zone where people were kind of hinting that, you know, I may never get married and I should probably start planning on that. And, you know, the the pool really (laughs) dwindles down when you're, when you cross that 30 mark, people start saying really cuckoo things to you. And, um which, you know, I could have, I have thoughts about that, but, um, (laughs) I think, uh, you know, I, I remember really clearly, it's like when, when Sean just said, like, what are the alternatives? Yeah. I got to that place too, is that I thought, okay, in my mind, and this is where we have to be careful because we put our thoughts forward and we think, okay, I look at the pool of the girls that are married. These are the qualities that they have. They're beautiful. They're funny. They're, they've got nice white teeth. They are thin. They are leaders. They're whatever. They're kind of quieter. They're willing to submit. I kind of had my whole list of things, whether they were true or not, I don't know. But so then I thought, okay, so should I start being like that? And then I started believing like these silly lies because these are not true, but that uh, because I was too strong, I needed to kind of dumb down. And wow. so then I, I tried that for a little while. I honestly did for like maybe a day or two. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I can't, I can't dumb down to try to like squish myself into this, this yeah. mold that I've created. Nobody's putting it on me. I'm doing it to myself and kind of squish myself into what I think they think they want, which is crazy. But uh, I was doing that. And I remember being on stage. I was in worship team and I remember being on stage right in the middle of the worship service. And I was having this whole dialogue with God because I was just mad that I was single indefinitely at that point, it looked like. And then I just got kind of a stomp in me that I just was like, you know what? Catch me if you can. I'm not going to make myself smaller. I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste this time. I'm not going to try to pretend to be somebody that I'm not because I think that, you know, the perfect pastor's wife is better at 
homemaking skills than I am or whatever. I just decided, you know, I'm going to be full out. And if that means, if part of the package means that I will be single, then I will pack my bags. I will travel the world. I will preach the gospel. I will do what God said. I mean, I say that and even I get emotional saying it because it was like, it was such a sacrifice because it was like, I thought, Lord, you know how badly I want to be married and have a family, Mm. but you also know I cannot walk away from the call of God on my life because I think I want this more. And so, because there were many times, you know, I don't know how God talks to everybody, but to me, you know, if I really threw a good tantrum, he would say things to me like, do you want to get married? Yes. How badly do you want to get married? Well, really badly. Well, you could get married tonight. Do you want to go to a bar? You want to go get married right now? Because you could probably find a guy to hook up with. You know, I don't know if that was God or not, but in my head, that sure. did the trick. Because I was like, no, I don't want that. I right. I don't want to compromise. I don't want to just, what is the point? I, I don't want... I don't want the counterfeit of the dream. I want the real dream. And if I want that, then, then it's God's plan or nothing, you know? And, and I think I had to get to that place as much as loneliness is really a rough ride. And I have so much compassion for it Mm -hmm. so much. Um, And it's like, but there's a sweetness in it and there's a, you know, there's a, there's an intimacy in loneliness that you don't get until you've been there. And, and when you really truly sit on your floor and you just let the tears fall and you just pour your heart out to Jesus, he meets you there in a way. And and he can do that in so many other seasons. Uh, But for me, loneliness was a real big piece of it. And I think as soon as I stopped running from the loneliness and trying to fill it with all these other, you know, another Mm. social engagement, another church meeting on, you know, all chasing fulfillment, I just kind of sat down in it eventually and just said, okay, this is what it is. And you're either, you know, that scripture that says all my fountains are in you. Yeah. I just got to a place where I was just like, well, Lord, either that's true or I need to go find another source. And Mm. and I knew it was true. So he would teach me, you know, you're all I need. And thankfully at the time there were lots of songs coming out talking about how Jesus, you're all I need, you're all I need. And I spent a lot of time singing those songs. Yeah. Wow. And what's cool about it, and I love saying this to singles, um, is that every minute that you spend on this side of waiting and sacrifice makes every minute on the other side sweeter. And it just does. Hmm. That's really sweet. I can think of a few dear friends that I know what you're saying right now is really going to speak to them. And I watch them, you know, try to wrestle, wrestle those same things down and try to not reduce themselves. And I just, I think that's really important for men and women to just lean into the season where they are, you know? And I, I love a, there's a Elizabeth Elliot's husband. He um, said this quote, he just said, let not our longing slay our appetite for living. Mm. And in the season I I married young, but um, like you guys know our stories that Brian and I felt we had to wait longer than maybe our peers had where we had feelings for each other, but knew it wasn't the right time. And yeah. that, that, um, quote really spoke to me like, yes, in the midst of this longing to be married. And for me, I had someone specifically in mind is like, well, then I, st- I don't want to stop living though. Like I want to, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. lean into this season. And, um, I think one portion of scripture we wanted to bring up with you guys and 
first Corinthians seven, there's that, you know, this kind of this interesting, um, um, portion that where Paul talks about, you know, like the life of a single person, the life of a married person. And, you know, Paul being single saying, you know, like kind of like embrace it. You guys are going to love it if you will just, you know, lean into what it is. But for those of you who are married, realize, you know, um, like realize that you are going to have to care for the needs of your, of your family, your, your spouse and your children. And, mm-hmm. um, so what would you say, like now you are married you have four awesome children together. Um, when you look back at that season of being single, um, not saying again, it's like, it's not one better than the other, but just simply the uniqueness of the season. What was something you realized was a benefit or like a, of that season of being single. I, well, I think the benefit was we got to, I mean, we got to work on ourselves a lot before we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and so on that side, we, we were already working on our communication before we got married. We were already working on our roles. Um, and I think if I look at Carrie, there's a lot of things that she had to pioneer um, in those first years with the program that had she been married, that would have been a lot harder to do. Um, And then when you add kids into the mix, if, if our kids would have come any sooner than when they did, and we had infertility issues, adoption issues, and and everything else. If but if the kids had come any sooner, it we we may not have been able to take the program. We may have had to step away from everything wow. because we might not have been set up for it. So I think just like I mean, we, we can say, and it sounds so cliche at time that God makes everything perfect in its time. Um, the truth is, He does. And we, we had to get perfected in our timing mm-hmm. before we could actually come together. Hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can read into that, that I wasn't ready and I was too immature. So she had to wait longer, uh, <laughs> for me to, <laughs> for me to mature up before I could, uh, be ready for marriage. But I think, um, really there's a number of things that, um, as much as, as we got to work on ourselves ahead of time, we haven't had some of the same strain that others of our friends had who got married earlier. Um, because we, we were, we were deliberate about working on ourselves in, Mm -hmm. in that season beforehand. Um, and I think even saying that the singles now, it's like, what are the things you can be doing right now to become the best person mm-hmm. uh, later on? It's not only going to affect the way you do your job and affect the way that you engage in the community around you, but it's going to affect the way your marriage is going to be later on. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just, just with the eye, eyes of marriage later, but what are you doing right now to prepare yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think uh, one phrase that the Lord spoke to me that I really appreciated is during that season of waiting. He just said, if you'll build my house, I'll build yours. Mm-hmm. And wow. and I, I just always saw this picture of like me being a co-worker, co-laborer with him. And I was building the things that I could see. And it was like there was this really thick curtain. And it's like I could hear the sound of hammers and saws and things behind the curtain. But I couldn't see what he was building. But I knew... Mm. You know, and in those really hard moments, it was like I would just ask the Lord to remind me that he was building something beautiful behind that curtain. But I think there's also a surrender. You know, I didn't want to hold God hostage and say, you know, if I don't get married, I'm walking away. That's it. I'm out. You know, and, you know, I think I had to I really did have to get to a place where I 
believe that Jesus was the promise. Marriage mm. wasn't the promise. Family wasn't the promise. Wow. Jesus was the promise. And, you know, those are hard things because it was definitely the desire of my heart. And, and it did work out that way. But I know that there's a lot of women out there that have had to surrender that dream indefinitely. And yeah. so I don't want to patronize that topic. And, can I dial back to just for one second? I don't, you know, there's a song that I hear in the mall or something right now that's really kind of snarky toward men of like, if you're not smart, you're not going to make it with me and all this stuff. Like when I said that whole thing, I, I feel like there's kind of this whole like snarky attitude that's coming out of the women right now. Like you're mm. not good enough for me. And so mm. we like put a crust on our hearts and like, you're not. so when I said that whole catch me, if you can, I, I, I want to be really clear. I'm not trying to be kind of like, right. you know, snarky about that. I'm just trying to say like, I had to be willing to be all that I was and trust that there would be somebody that would run like I wanted to run. Totally. I respect men so, so much and I would never want it to be like, Oh, we'll try to keep up. You know, I think I just really respect the way that God made, made men. So I want to make sure that I'm clear on that. Yeah, no, that's really good. I think, yeah, I think the point that you're making is like to live life, um, how would you say, kind of like to your full potential, you know what I mean? And, and learn Mm -hmm. to kind of be confident in who you are and who God's made you to be and not, Mm -hmm. and not dial that down, you know, in order to just not be alone. You know what I mean? I think that's so amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thank you so much for doing this and folks, this is just part one. We are going to pick up part two, um, later this month. And uh, it's going to be great. You're going to want to tune into it. So we're going to call this quits. I know it's so unfortunate. I could keep talking with Sean and Carrie forever. Um, But Sean and Carrie, thank you so much for doing this. And uh, we look forward to doing part two with you guys. Our pleasure. Looking forward to that. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.